It is Locked on Jazz for the 3rd of November. That is how you win basketball games. That's simple. All the little things. Preparation, execution, skill, and maturity. That's what the Jazz showed last night. We'll talk about the lack of passing, whether it's having an impact. Jordan Clarkson's play. The Jazz once again showing they have every offensive answer. And Quinn Snyder on Rudy Gay and the recruiting process that revealed something a little interesting. That's all coming up on today's edition of Locked on Jazz. You are Locked on Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. How are you? I'm David Jazz, Jazz NBA Insider. This is Locked On Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz, giving you insight, expertise, geeky numbers, and hopefully making it way better to be a Jazz fan each and every day. Thanks so much for making Locked On Jazz your first listen every day. For those of you on YouTube, right, wait, right there is the subscribe button and you can subscribe and hit that little alarm and it will tell you that uh notify you every time we go live uh good morning to brandon and bryce and blake and lee and josh and lo and richard and andrew all saying hello this morning first thing thank you very much for joining the live show you can do that we try to do it every morning for you or just listen on podcast whatever provider uh as you always do thanks so much all right um i really thought last night was just an example of how you win games. So let me walk through it. One, preparation. Two areas where the preparation was remarkable last night. The Jazz wanted to do uh, Brian Bailey, uh, rising star Jazz assistant coach, had the scout last night, and he had you know a few things that they really want to do. One, keep the Kings in the half court as much as possible. On a night in which the Jazz were missing a ton of shots, a ton of shots, the Jazz were able to keep the Kings in the half court 83% of the time. Okay, let's, what the heck does that mean, David? Let's try to give it to you. I always try to give you context of these numbers and what they mean. The league average is 79%. Sacramento wants to play in transition They're usually a little faster than average, so they're usually at about non-Jazz games this year. They've been at about 78%. So the Jazz were able to keep the Kings in 83% of their plays in the half court. Okay, that's 5%. It doesn't seem like a lot. It's three or four possessions that were in the half court instead of in transition. What does that really mean? Well, last night when the Kings were in transition, they scored two points per possession. So our transition defense was horrendous, or they're great in transition, either one of the two. And when they were in the half court, they averaged 0.8 points. So every time we kept them in a half court possession, instead of in transition on the night, we saved on average 1.2 points. Okay. So 83 versus 79 doesn't seem like a big deal. It's, it's five points. It's five points. It's how you win. Like that little Difference of someone getting back, that kind of focus, that type of preparation, build the wall. Don't let De'Aaron Fox play one-on-one. Don't mark Buddy Heald. Mark Buddy Heald in transition. Those things are the difference makers. Let's go to Buddy Heald. 
Buddy Heald is shooting 50% going into the season on three-point shots, on catch-and-shoot three-point shots particularly. Last night, he got seven three-point attempts, tying his season low in any game. He only got 10 shot attempts, one short of his season low from the opening game of the year. He's second on the team in scoring. We take away one or two Buddy Heald possessions in a basketball game. That's another point. That's how you win. Let's go to the end of quarters last night. End of quarters. Mike Conley was a genius. The end of the first quarter in one of the coolest plays. Actually, I should for those of you on YouTube, I should see if I can pull this up. Really one of the coolest plays I've seen just in what makes a veteran team make plays is the Jazz run the same play almost all the time at the end of the quarter. It's a play in which Mike Conley has the basketball, Jordan Clarkson runs by, peels off the play, and Jordan Clarkson gets the ball at the end of the clock and honestly usually misses. Like, his numbers are not very good late in clock. The players don't like that shot. He's loves that shot. He's willing to take it. He is kind of bigger than worrying about his numbers and worrying about the t- willing to worry about the team. And so it's kind of great. He's willing to take that shot. So let's watch on YouTube what happened on that play. Um and um actually I'm not sure I'm allowed to do that. So I'm not going to do that. I'll tell you about it instead. I'm not sure that legally you can do that. Um so let me um not do that. Sorry. I just kind of thought about it for a second and let me instead walk you through it. Uh, you'll have to just go with my visual. So Mike Conley brings up the front court. This is the same play. The jazz always run. It's going to be, and Harrison Barnes is guarding Mike Conley, which is the first sign that something's noticeably different. Davion Mitchell is on Jordan Clarkson. So the Kings to their credit have done their preparation. They've done all of the things that help you win games preparation. So Mike Conley or somebody from the bench calls a different play. The Jazz are running a 1-4 flat. Four guys on the baseline. Mike Conley has the basketball. Instead, Mike Conley brings Royce O'Neal up and Royce O'Neal peels off Mike Conley. His defender stays with him. Actually, it's Mo Harkless. He kind of goes to Mike Conley. They switch it. But now Joe Ingles picks... Mike Conley, and brings Buddy Heald, the worst defender on the floor, into the play. Buddy Heald's a bad defensive player. Statistically, you can see it. He's, he's their weak link. He's a great shooter. He's the best cat, one of the best two or three catch-and-shoot guys in the NBA. And so Mike Conley now is isolated, right side on Buddy Heald, crosses him over, pulls up, hits a three to end the quarter. Okay, that's, that's maturity. There might be one play called... But because of what the Kings are doing, you do something a little different and you end up with a play at the end of the quarter that gets you basically three points. And that, again, kind of where are the differences? In a a game that really, you know, for all of the entire second quarter was a one-possession game. End of the first half. Jazz do it again. Mike Conley nails a shot. End End of the first half. And gets us another kind of bonus possession late in the quarter. Mike Conley was masterful all night, as was obviously Donovan. But Mike Conley with 
13 uh, with one, let's see, with with 2.4 seconds left in the quarter. Barnes makes a free throw. Conley comes down the floor. Final possession. Gets a switch off to Aaron Fox with Royce O'Neal. So Tyrese Halliburton's guarding him. Works in the lane. Puts up a really off-balance shot. It was a tough look and makes it. At the end of third quarter, Mike does the same thing. And so suddenly, at the end of the first, second, and third quarters, Mike Conley has stolen a bucket, or at least made a play, so that could be skill. But those are, and on the the Mike Conley final one is a three in the right corner, where the Jazz set up the play. Mo Harkless, who is the best pick-and-roll defender in the NBA, is defending on Rudy, and Conley just gets himself free with 5.7 seconds left when... They're so worried about Rudy's role. Though those are the execution skill maturity plays. The preparation play isn't the Jazz hit Boyan Bogdanovich on a corner three early in the third quarter in the third quarter. That was the exact play the Jazz had walked through at shooter on that day. A play in which, quite frankly, Quinn Snyder literally stood there with Rudy Gobert and explained, like, actually it was fourth quarter, um, literally explained, they're going to do this, changed where the Jazz guards were, 4.05 left, we're tied at 104. The Jazz have the basketball, and Mike Conley gets double teamed on the left side, jumps a pass to Rudy Gobert, who literally comes to the exact jump stop at the exact spot on the floor, the Quinn Snyder told me would the weak side defender Harrison Barnes comes over bogey's wide open from three Halliburton flies by and bogey takes his one dribble to his left and buries his three. It's literally the play. The jazz coaching staff walked them through at shoot around that day. That's that's amazing. Preparation execution. You've got to be able to do it skill. You've got to be good and maturity recognizing situations, time and score. This was an absolute model of why, when it's all said and done, you look at Sacramento, they're really good. They got a bunch of good guys. They got a bunch of players. They got this and that. Why do the Jazz win? Because of that. And Sacramento maybe gets there one day, but they're young. They haven't been together as long. They don't have that continuity. It's hard. But that's literally what makes the Jazz who they are. All right, I got a bunch of other things to talk about in this game, but that to me was really interesting last night just to see it. And it's what separates, you know, small little incremental things that separate winning and losing um, in this this league. Uh, Wednesday edition of Locked on Jazz is brought to you by my friend Steve Carter and Intercap Lending. They just do such great work. It's such a pleasure to tell you about Intercap. Intercap's been our loan officer for... Uh, a little while now. I mean, our sponsors kind of, we have our core sponsors and they've stayed with us and it's kind of great. And Steve Carter is your own personal loan officer. Uh, Intercap as a company is hyper-responsive. They embrace change. They make sure you have a good borrower experience. And that's why they've been growing because they get deals done. Steve Carter is our own personal loan officer. It's amazing. He's done two of mine. He did our COO of Locked On. He's done a ton of Locked On people uh, recently. 
you know, I think everyone knows with inflation, interest rates are likely going up. So now's the time. And so give Steve a call at 385-885-28. If you'd rather, email me at dlock09 at gmail.com and we'll set you up with a meeting. Uh, Intercap Lending, NMLS number 190465. For more information, visit intercaplending.com. If you call Steve directly and don't go through me, then call 385-885-28. But make sure you tell me you're the Lockdown Jazz so you get the corporate discount that is unique to Lockdown. Steve Carter, Intercap Lending. They do amazing, amazing work across the board. Today's show is also brought to you by McDonald's. McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty, affordable food. They've been proudly serving communities since 1965. It's a place where friends and families come to connect and to reconnect. A place where classmates can meet up for a study group, knowing they have dependable Wi-Fi, endless supplies of French fries and McFlurries. Which should be first there, by the way? Should it be McFlurries first or should it be French fries first? Which is just a debate. Win or lose, it's a place where teammates, competitors, the home team, or any team can come to recharge. It's a place where you always look forward to stopping on a long road trip to rest your legs, refuel, and either get your McFlurries or your fries. It is McDonald's. I'm not going to sing, but I am loving it. McDonald's bringing you today's edition of Locked on Jazz. All right, a few other notes um, on that one. Um, Rudy's clutch free throw shooting is pretty impressive. It's going to be screwed up because he missed those three or four late, but he has been shooting at about 80, 85% in clutch situations late in games. Um. By the way, J.C. Ernst says he's been working with Steve Carter so far so good. See? Um, so that's worth knowing. I thought this was also another one where the Jazz have every answer. We saw this last year. We had a Jazz had a good offensive game, not a great offensive game. Like the numbers by the end of the night are okay. Um, they also had one of their guards shoot one for 11, which generally makes it a little harder to have a good offensive game, right? Like Or 0 for 11, excuse me. I gave I gave Jordan one that he didn't have. Um, you know, Jordan's going one of 13, uh, overall over 11 as a team. And it makes it a little more difficult for us to, uh, have a good offensive game. That's, you know, those are, we go add nine points. Jordan makes three of 11 add nine points. We suddenly have a 122 offensive game. We're through the roof last night. Um, so I think we finished at about a 114 offensive rating, which is, um, which is good. Um, it's not great. It's not, it's not us at our elite. Well, you can't go, you can't have one of your guards go 0 for 11 from three and one of 13 overall and be, you know, elite. Uh, we shot 29% from three. So the fact that we actually had a pretty good offensive game is still a sign that this offense has it. 114 was our offensive rating last night, a little bit above league average. He, here's what happened last night. So the first time we played, Rudy had 17 points and 20 rebounds. So the Kings came out and decided that Rudy Gobert is not beating them again. They changed a little bit of what they were doing defensively. They decided that Rudy is not getting shots. They're rolling the big into him in the first quarter. Rudy got two shots, four rebounds, a block, had a little bit of an impact. Donovan came out in that first quarter, took nine shot attempts, had nine points, just kind of playing one-on-one. And we went two of nine from three. In the second quarter, the same thing kind of continues. Rudy gets two shot attempts, so he's not really a major part of it. Mike and Donovan do their thing. We finished. We're two of 16 at that point on three-point shots. We're 0 for 7 at the end of the first half on corner threes. 
Okay, that that's not going to last. So we come out in the third quarter and nail back-to-back corner threes. In other words, seven corner threes in a, in a half is a ton. So we come out and say, fine, if we're gonna we're just gonna keep getting those shots, we're gonna nail them. We open up the third quarter. Mike Conley hits a corner three. Boyan Bogdanovich hits a corner three. Now the Kings kind of have to deal with this a little bit. Boyan hits another. Now Boyan gets a layup shortly thereafter. Mike gets a layup, and now Donovan goes off. So the kind of progression is all right. Well, we're gonna we're gonna shut down the middle and not let Rudy get his role. We've seen this multiple times last year. Shut down the Rudy, not let Rudy get his role. Well, you got the only way you can do that is bring a guy off the corner the way we space. So we're going to get a bunch of corner threes. We missed them. Then we start hitting them. Well, now you're not going to come off them as much, but you still want to deal with Rudy. So now you're going to bang up Rudy and you're going to leave a little more room for the guards. And then Mike Conley and Donovan Mitchell go off for 30. It's really a pretty awesome progression. If you heard Luke Walton pregame, and unfortunately something went wrong with the recording of Luke Walton pregame, or else I would have, I would have played it for you tonight. And that is... He just talked about it. like they have space, they have shooters everywhere. They got the best roller. They got dynamic guards. Like there's just not a lot you can do defense. You you got to pick your poison. And and actually, you know, I'm not. I've never been like I've never thought Luke was a particularly elite coach. I thought he coached a really good game last night. They they kind of kept forcing us into separate things and different things, and and then eventually we just had the answer. And the answer was the fact we have Donovan Mitchell and Mike Conley that are great, so their skill, but we also have preparation, execution, and maturity. In other words, our guys recognize, okay, they're taking Rudy away. This is opening up this corner threes. So we're not getting it. And then as the night goes on, our guards read it and start to dominate. That's why we're always such a good third quarter team. Kings put up a hell of a battle last night, though. They just did not go away. Every time I thought the Jazz were about to kind of run away a little bit, they just didn't do it. A uh, few other notes for you, by the way, defensively. There's a lot of talk about what the Jazz are doing defensively and how much better the guards are. And, and they are. So let's... Um, of the guards that have been and the of players who have been in the top hundred pick and rolls defensively so far this year, the number one defensive guard in the league uh, overall on plays is Mo Harkless, um, Marcus Smart, then Aaron Gordon, then Mike Conley. So Mike Conley is really doing a great job. Jordan Clarkson who has never been known as a good defensive player, is currently eighth in the NBA defending pick and rolls as a guard. And there's actually a different metric you can look at it that makes him even better. So if you want to look at the other metric, it makes him fifth. Depending which way you want to look at pick and roll defense, Jordan Clarkson is either fifth or eighth right now. Which has been obvious to the eye test that the Jazz guards are more committed defensively than they have been in the past. Donovan Mitchell is 10th. Now, some of this is, and Royce O'Neal, who last year combined with, last year when Royce O'Neal and Rudy Gobert were in a pick and roll, the other team might as well have quit. I mean, it was it's ridiculous, the numbers. Uh, let me see if I can pull it up. I have it in my daily notes to bring up in a broadcast and probably have never once brought it up in a broadcast, um, which is, you know, the way it works. Uh, last year, pick and roll defense, Royce O'Neal and Rudy Gobert were 0.77 points per possession. Oh, no, that's that was this year. Last year, they were 0.79. 0.79. Royce was 0.81 last year. Royce is still right around, is actually better than that. He's 0.79. Some of these other numbers are crazy low right now. 
Mike, but Mike Conley, Donovan Mitchell, Royce O'Neal, and Jordan Clarkson are all top 20 defensive guards against the pick and ball handler defender on the guard track. Now, obviously that has a lot to do with the fact that we've got Rudy, right? Okay. So screener defender, Rudy's, you know, the best in the world. He's, he's truly unbelievable um, and been great. And Whiteside has been too. Whiteside's been equally as good as Rudy right now. And that's pretty amazing. Um, Joel Embiid is actually having a super sick year right now uh, defensively, as is Anthony Davis. So there's some other guys doing it. It's early in the year. We'll see how long these last Bam on a Bayou as well um, and who we'll see on this upcoming trip. But to the point of our guards are playing just much, much better defensively against the ball. Uh, worth noting that Dame Lillard is considerably worse than anyone else in the NBA right now. The worst guys in the league are Dame Lillard, Chris Middleton, Evan Fournier, Shea Gilgis, Alexander, and Grayson Allen. Not really that big a surprise in a bunch of those names, but it is kind of worth throwing out there that um, suddenly a struggle uh, from that end. For the Kings, by the way, why are the Kings so much better? Mo Harkless is in games instead of Marvin Bagley. They literally have gone from the worst pick-and-roll defender in the entire NBA last year in Marvin Bagley to the best in Mo Harkless. Makes a big difference to who you are as a team because we just went through all those little things that make a point or two difference here or there. That's that's a lot of what we're talking about. Um, the Jazz are actually getting lucky. I know our um, our our guys. I know our guys are, are, are we're all talking about how we haven't clicked in yet. We're actually getting lucky, and it's going to flip on us at some point here in a not very good way. I'll explain that when we continue today's show. Brought to you by Built Bar. Our good friends over at Built Bar, always with crazy things. I have very good news for you, I think. I got a box of Built Bar last night. Didn't, they just sent it to me. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. And it's of the greatest flavor Built Bar's ever made, which leads me to believe that it could be coming back out again. Coconut brownie chunk. The best. So keep an eye at built.com right now. Paranormal pumpkin, coconut marshmallow, blueberry muffin, strawberry, cherry lime, along with all the natural regular flavors, peanut butter, brownie, coconut, mint brownie, coconut almond, salted caramel, raspberry, double chocolate, cookies and cream, and cherry barcia. It's 100% delicious. It's 100% real chocolate. It's built bar, protein bar, candy bar, can't tell can you 120 calorie 130 calories 2.5 fat grams four net sugar four net carbs 17 grams of protein it's too good to be true and it tastes fabulous go get it done at built.com and the promo code is locked 15 that's built.com promo code is locked 15 if you want to get in on some of the nfl college action it's taking place. You can do it at our preferred site, betonline.ag. It remains the number one spot for all basketball and football action. This season, head to the new updated desktop or mobile website. Sign up today. Receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code LOCKEDON to receive it from basketball, football, baseball, postseasons, now in the books, so you'll have to do futures. NHL, boxing, UFC, right up to the Vegas casino games. Take advantage of all of it. In the 2021 season, Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet Online, where the game starts. We'll keep keeping an eye on the lines and see when they start to change. Will the Jazz, how long until the Jazz on the NBA futures move out of the fifth spot for championship odds 
Nets, Lakers, Warriors, Bucks, Jazz are all ahead of them. And how long do they move out of the... Well, they're now tied for the Warriors for second spot in the West. 250 Lakers plus 250, Warriors 350, Jazz 350, King Suns all the way down at 800. All right. Here is why we're getting lucky. So three-point shooting is the most variable aspect of the league. And there's no question that last year we were, you know, we're shooting the second most amount of threes in the league um, and we're not making them right now, right? We're shooting 32.9%. We're 21st in the league. We're way better shooters than that. That will come up. Let's go to last year. Um, There's no question that'll come up. So this, this could all equal itself out. But... Last year, the league average three-point shooting was 37.2. Might be different this year if this ball's different or fatigue. or I mean, I think Donovan said it well. Like, the league's the league is really tired. If you take out the top three defenses last year against the three, which is the Knicks, the Jazz, and the Hawks. So we were in the top. We take out the three. You go to 36. And if you take out the three bottom, you're at 38.5. So between... The fourth best three-point shooting defense last year and the 27th best three-point shooting defense last year was a difference of 2.5%. In other words, this thing shrinks down as the year goes on. 2.5%. Now, because the Jazz have Rudy, because Atlanta has Clint Capella, theirs are probably a little better. They have somebody who can guard the rim. They can hug the shooters. They can be a little bit better. The Jazz were 1.2 points better than average, okay? Or actually, they were... Uh, 2.4 points better than average, but, you know, 1.2 better in the top end. But it all narrows out into this little, little gap. And otherwise, if you're on either side of it, the feeling is either you're lucky or unlucky. There might be some argument that Carl Anthony Towns, such a bad defender, Milwaukee allows so many threes that, that that's why they were on each side of it. Okay, but you got the concept, right? You with me on the concept here? That there's just this very, very small margin by which three-point shooting defense lives. And we might be on the best end of it. So by a percentage point or two, I'll, I'm, I'll, I'll go with that. Where are we right now? Like for all the talk about what we're doing with ours, we're at 28.3%. Best in the league. Okay, the league average right now is at 34.7. That's the number that's way down. From last year, the three-point shooting in the NBA was 37.2. Right now, it's 34.7. So we're at 2.5 percentage points lower. Last year, the Utah Jazz, if we just took it on average, was at 34.8. So for two point, we'd be at 32.3. We'd be at 32.3. Where are we? We are at 28.3. There's no way we can hold that. There's no way. That's playing Oklahoma City and Houston and Milwaukee without their guys. There's no way that can hold. The th- we're going to start to allow more threes. Not because we're doing anything wrong, just because luck's on our side right now. And so that's got to change. Um, so just be aware of that. As much as I think, you know, we look at this and say, well, wait a sec. There's, you know, last year we shot this and, you know, we got a bunch of guys that are way off. I don't have the Royce O'Neal uh, last year was, oh, last night was 0 for 4. Royce O'Neal on catch and shoot threes. 
which you know we talked about yesterday. He's taken five hundred or four hundred and and seventy catch and shoot threes over the last two years. Four hundred and seventy. He's made forty percent. He's about five of twenty three this year for about twenty percent. Like he's gonna get it going. Jordan Clarkson has taken four hundred and ten catch and shoot threes. He's thirty eight percent right now. He's at about nine percent. Like he'll get it going. You just don't. That just doesn't happen unless there's something bo- wrong with your body. Um, you know, unless you, I don't know, like you're on a bad trip that lasts for like three months, but I don't think so. Um, you know, Donovan came in last night, three of 18 on catch and shoots. Um, he's taken 330 over the last two years. He's a 43% catch and shoot shooter on all of them. Like he's going to get there, but we're also going to see more makes go. So I don't think we have this big, huge surge that I'm hearing people talk about that when our offense finally kicks in. So um, that would be it. All right, a few questions coming in. I wanted to get to Quinn, though, quickly um, as well. Uh, why did they change the ball? Sponsor, Spalding to Wilson. Um, so that's, yeah, just sponsor. Don't 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 forget what this is all about. Sponsor. Um. Let me see if I got any other quick questions I want to get to. Um, is it the physical game or the th- or three? I, I I don't know what's going on. I think what's going on with the shooting is what I talked about yesterday is I think the veterans are out or, earlier this week. The veterans are out of sync. Um, and so I think that that's, um, I think that's part of it. Uh, is Jordan Clarkson's increased defensive effort maybe impacting his shooting? Possibly, right? 100%. Um, 100%. Uh, but not to this level. Um, Emily, why is Buddy, Emil, why is Buddy Heald a bench player? Defense, I think. And they need some scoring off the bench. I think he's actually probably a perfect six man um, as the uh, as the way to look at it. Um, let's see if we got anything else here. All right, let's go to Quinn. But this was really interesting. This was Quinn talking about Rudy Gay yesterday in the press conference. I have to do a few things here. I think there's a chance I'm going to get this right. I have not gotten this completely right yet this year when doing this. So let's see if I can get this right. If I switch this and put this up and then switch switch it to make sure i gotta make sure it's coming in on the right source but i don't see this on the new windows i don't like the new windows i was just saying to my wife i wish things worked correctly this is not going to come into you guys how do i get it to oh lock live on youtube scuffling right now scuffling badly let's see um choose which speakers how about this right here Okay, let's see if that works. All right, this could work. Are we ready? Is it possible? Lock gets it. Chat room, are you ready? Dun da da dun da da dun da da dun da dun. Quinn Snyder on Rudy Gay. Talking to Rudy and, and having, you know, we had a, I guess you can almost call it a home visit, you know, a few before he went to San Antonio where we met and met with him. Um, at the time, he, he, he was in Austin, but that's where we met. And, you know, I just got a great feel. You know, I, I think that interaction 
was a little bit of a foundation for this past summer where when we talked, you know, we'd, we'd already had some dialogue and, you know, we talked basketball. You know, we talked a little bit about life because I think we both understand that they, they're, they're pretty connected. Um, I know how important his family is to him, um, you know, things like that. But if you have a chance to, you know, converse with Rudy about, you know, any number of topics, he's clearly an intelligent guy. And, um, you know, sometimes wisdom, you know, is attached to that. And I, I think, you know, his time in the league, he's paid attention. He's been in a lot of situations. He's had a lot of success. And I think part of what intrigued him about coming here um, in what, you know, comparatively, you know, compared to like five years ago is a lesser role on the court. Now, that doesn't necessarily, it, it's a pretty important role. But we, you say it, at the outset, at least, that's kind of the way it was framed. Um, you know, in, when we talk, just to have expectations on both sides be in the right place. But he's been really good. He's been, you know, I think, it's hard to have that kind of impact and have those conversations when you're not playing. Um, but he's made a point of, you know, being involved in everything he can be so that he's speaking from, you know, from a point of strength as far as knowing what we're trying to do. Um, and he's able to, he's able to communicate with, you know, everybody across the board, which I, I think is helpful. You know, he's able to put himself in everybody's shoes. He's seen a lot. Um, so I think I think that's a, an important thing, and will continue to be. As far as so that was Quinn. Uh, as far as his next thing he was going to talk about was Rudy Gobert, and I'll actually have that for you tomorrow uh, on the show. I think it worked. It's taking me a little while, but we're getting there. Thanks for sticking with me. I appreciate you. It is locked on jazz. Thanks very much for making us the first listen of the day. I would like you to try Locked On Now and tell me what you think. Give me a little feedback on our new program, Locked On Now. It's a recap of like what's going on in the NFL, NHL, NBA. It's a podcast. You can check it out on YouTube at Locked On MLB, NHL, or NBA, or Locked On NFL, any of our cha- sports channels, or just on the podcast, Locked On Now. Tell me what you think of it. Email me at DLock09 uh, and tell me what you think. I think we should get rid of the music is what I think. But give me, give me your thoughts. I don't want my thoughts. I want your thoughts. It is Locked On Jazz. Thanks so much, guys. It is... It is. Oh, wait. Somebody wants to introduce Matt Moon to Joe Ingles. Joe Ingles. We're packing a full circle of what we've ever been in in our whole lives. It is Lockdown Jazz. Thanks for tuning in. Have a great day.